This is The M Word, a Studio 52 production, hosted by Ben Earl. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of The M Word. Uh, That's right, from myself, Ben Earl, aka The Pigeon King, The Hungry Fox some other nonsense. Uh, We released two episodes last week, so if you haven't heard those, go and check them out. And as you're probably aware, if you're listening to this now, that we are living in a future history lesson. And if you are listening to this from the future, then this is right, because obviously we're in a very strange time of the um, COVID-19. And uh, it's really the only topic of conversation that anyone is having. And right now, at this point in time, I'm trying to generate different forms of conversation, as many other people are. And today is no different. So I thought that in the UK and where I am is currently on, on lockdown. Everyone's at home, locked up, doing their thing. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a strange things for us to adapt to and I know there's many people out there having a really hard time many people worried uh, myself included I'm, I'm in, in that group I'm just um, fortunate enough I suppose to be able to find a way to look at it positively I mean I mean there's really nothing else to do I don't think so I'm uh, thinking of uh, ways to to be positive uh, do positive things and think about this as a catalyst maybe for some form of positive change in the future uh, but yes, so let, let me just give you a quick kind of update. Trust me, this is positive. Yay! Fun times. This is uh, a positive podcast. We're going to talk about some link back to some of the stuff we talked back in the last episode. We'll talk about some of the stuff happening at Studio 52 right now, some of the stuff that will be coming up, and then we shall talk about some ways to improve your current stuff, something to do in this time of isolation and social distancing. So, first of all, we've had a lot of people ask about shift number three. At some stage, it will come out. It's written, but look, it's not the right time for it, and we're just not really going to do that yet. So, at some point in the future, not even close to soon, at some point in the future, that will come out, but uh, it's just not something that's even on our radar right now. But don't worry, at some point that will happen. Uh, We were actually in the process of filming some stuff for everyone, and obviously, the studio kind of pretty much shut down i mean we kind of created a strange bunker in the middle of it for kind of broadcasting from and stuff like that and maybe doing some guerrilla filming uh, that's not filming gorillas that's obviously just on the fly filming uh, but that we very quickly realized that myself and, and darren it was very difficult for us to film under the circumstances so we had to stop that and but it is something that we are working out how we can bring that to you guys at some stage and that's again that's not quite yet but we'll work it out whether it's part of it um, we don't know but we are trying to work on how to get elements of that at least uh, to you guys in um, some of it you know uh, because you know we we put a lot of effort into it and it's something we want to bring out so anyway but so there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes here some kind of content for you guys to enjoy in this in this time period and um, yeah, so what have we been doing? For those of you that don't know, we have been, by we I mean Studio 52, we've all been working very hard to try and bring you as much content as we possibly can. And we've been running Instagram Lives. And on that, I've been talking to some of the best magicians in the world. So the likes of, say, who have we had on so far? I'll try and do these in order. We've had uh, Chris Ramsey, Franco Pascali, Jeremy Griffith, uh, Chris Kenner, Derek Delgadio, 
David Williamson and Jared Kopf. Hopefully I haven't forgotten anyone. Maybe I have done because I've just gone through that super quick, but some really, really, really good people, obviously um, some of the best in the world. And we're going to continue to try and uh, bring those out as often as possible. And we, you know, we, I leave them up for 24 hours. I mean, Instagram allows you to do that anyway, but the reason why they are only available in that time is I intentionally am trying to create a community feel. If, if these things are there for you to see in a week, a month or two months, then I just feel that the coming togetherness of it won't happen. The idea is to have an event that happens right now and everyone comes together, people can put questions in and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm trying to improve everything, improve the quality, the sound, the visual stuff, the way in which I interact with the guest and also how I feed questions back and forth. And that whole process I'm really trying to improve and make as good as I possibly can. And it's getting better. We've got a lot more people lined up. Uh, but yeah, the whole point is to create this live feel that we're all here and now. And the reason it's up for another 24 hours is purely so it, we can have some key workers. There are so many kind of delivery people and uh, medical people and build all kinds of people that are having to work and can't at whatever time look at them. And so I felt that across all of them, they will be able to if we just have it there for 24 hours. And also it kind of still feels a bit live. You know what I mean? Even when it's up for 24 hours. So that's what we've been doing. Um, having And they're not interviews, they're conversations, conversations. Uh, between myself and some very well-known respected magicians and friends and peers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we also have another thing where we have some a night where just you guys come on and we do like a two-minute, or it was two-minute, we're going to turn that into three-minute, kind of a three-minute takeover. You come on and you show me something, talk about something, do anything. Um, we're going to turn that into three minutes and do that again. Uh, we're also going to have a beers with Ben Friday night where I have a beer and you guys have a beer and almost like, you know, as if it was a Friday night and people could go out and drink. And so we're going to do that. I'm not really even sure what the content's going to be like yet. So we're going to, you know, smash through that stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's really good fun. Um, I'm really, really enjoying doing them. I love the live element of it. The fact that it's unpredictable, unknowable. We can have real conversations, real emotional moments coming through, as well as kind of funny stories and bits and pieces, insights into these guys' ways of thinking, most of thinking that otherwise maybe you wouldn't normally see and experience. So that that is the point in that. Also, we've been doing Skype uh, sessions with people. So if you comment on the video that's on our Instagram page called Community is Everything, then we will, or not just comment, but put your name, then we'll pick three names a week and or of those people uh, we will then do a Skype session with them, whatever that may be. Well, you might just want to show me something. You might want some advice on something, if I can help. You know, like I'm not trying to suggest that I'm, you know, I know everything. I don't, Jesus. But I'm just trying to, and there are some people out there that might value that. And so that's what I'm trying to do. So, yeah, the Skype. And then obviously the M word. This, my M word, is we will continue to do this. This is, uh, this and the Skype things are my favorite things to do. Sorry, the Skype and the, the uh, Instagram lives are my favorite things to do. And it's taken up all my time over the last week and a half to do all this stuff. But I am really, really enjoying doing it. Um, also, we've had some of the essays that I put on Instagram, the micro essays, Lost Art Magic, put those out. And that was really cool. I wrote an essay for Nobody Knows, the, the company. And so I really like this idea of trying to kind of spread as much stuff as we can and, and talk and communicate as much as possible. And, and in that, maybe through those conversations, those modes of thinking uh, generate a, a, a new way forward or at least some kind of light uh, in that process. So... 
I think that that's just a kind of a quick recap on, I say quick recap, it's about seven or eight minutes, but it's a quick recap on what's been going on so far over at Studio 52 and on with me. And now I want to kind of go through what we're going to do on this podcast, just with you guys. So I think what we're going to talk about really is uh, partly, I'm probably going to link back to what I talked about before, where I I gave a load of kind of... um, uh, films and books and stuff that I recommended, but they were they were outside of magic, really. They were all entertainment things to consume in this time period so that you could go off and look and consume those things and uh, feel maybe connected to other people that were looking at them, but they were outside of magic. What I thought I would do is give a couple of little films and bits that I forgot to mention, and I can't believe that I forgot to mention these <clears throat> because they are some of my favourite movies of all time. And... Um, so I'll, I'll I'll give a couple more of them, but then I'm going to give a load of references and and things to think about specifically with magic that might help you in this time period to improve your magic. I mean, you know, there's almost probably never been a better time to do so. So excuse me. <clears throat> By the way, if this does sound a little different, we have moved the entire operation now <clears throat> to my office and I'm now doing the Instagram lives and the M word all from the same space. So I'm trying my best to kind of get on top of everything. Anyway, here we go. So we're going to link back to the last podcast where I was talking about movies. And I'm going to mention three three films here, which uh, two of which are sci-fi movies. And another, I'm not really sure what it is. I suppose it's, a, I suppose it's an action thriller drama thing, I suppose. But we're, I'm going to link back to some of those things. So one is Drive. The film Drive, starring, um, what's his name? The good-looking dude, um, Ryan Gosling. That's the one. Ryan Gosling, and it's directed by Nicholas Winding Refn. Uh, it's a very, very interesting... It's about a stuntman getaway driver, and he falls in love with this girl uh, called Irene, and um, it's, uh, yeah, she's married to some dodgy dude, a criminal, and... Um, he tries to protect himself. It's a really good, amazing soundtrack. And there's something about the, the the visuals and the aesthetics in that movie that I find very, very appealing. Uh, in, a, in a weird way, the movie's also quite open and vacant in a lot of respects. And there are aspects of it that are kind of emotionally hollow. And then there are aspects of it that are kind of... But I think it's maybe it's in, intentional. Uh, but vis, vis, And the aspects of it, I think, are great. I, I just think it's a stunning movie. And, and when I saw it, it really stayed with me. Um, Wingdom Refn also uh, made another movie which I was obsessed to see which, which is again Ryan Gosling called Only God Forgives which is some days I think the movie's brilliant other days I think the movie's terrible but again it has an amazing soundtrack and insanely beautiful visuals but I have no idea what the film is about none none whatsoever it's um, I don't know it's a bonkers movie but yes Drive um, Drive go check it out if you haven't um it is great. Uh, the other movie I was going to recommend, and th- by the way, these are three movies I'm going to say now that I should have recommended last week. I should have done that. I don't know why they just slipped off the radar. And uh, the other one is Interstellar. That is uh, Christopher Nolan and stars Matthew McConaughey. And there's, well, there's a whole host of it. Star studded in uh, the uh, Michael Caine is also in it. But it's a oh my god, it's an astonishing movie. If if you have children, it will make you love them more. If you don't, it will. You will still weep like a baby. It's a beautiful. It's it's a a sci-fi movie, uh, but it's essentially about love. You know, 
it's essentially about the relationships between us all and what's important and what matters. And it's just told in this beautiful, powerful, um, stunningly epic, hyper-theatrical way. And it's uh, it will have you on the edge of your seat um, and it will really make you contemplate, I think, the nature of existence and... Um, the nature of relationships between people. And it's about love, essentially, and the, the power of that. And it sounds all wishy-washy, but it's beautiful. Um, it's a really stunning movie. And and the last movie I'm going to m- mention, and I, and this is the one that I can't believe I didn't mention, because it is one of my favourite movies of all time. 2013, this was made, um, I think. I think it's 2013. And someone sent a message in um, who'd listened to the M-word, the previous episode, and they said, hey, man, here's some movies also for you to recommend. And this was one of them, and I couldn't believe you'd recommend I thought, how did I forget that movie? It dro- It's a movie that I basically recommend to people all the time, and it's like Marmite. You're either going to go and watch this movie and then turn around and say, I will never listen to a recommendation from you again, Ben, because that movie was bonkers. Or you'll think, thank you so much for introducing me to this wonderful work of genius Um, and this movie is called Under the Skin and it is a Jonathan Glazer film he's the chap who did the director who did um, Birth with Nicole Kidman and Sexy Beast with uh, Ben Kingsley and Ray Fiennes Um, but anyway but Under the Skin it stars Scarlett Johansson she plays an alien not the film Lucy which also stars Scarlett Johansson. She plays a kind of weird alien being, but it's not that film. This is called Under the Skin, and it is a really strange, dark um, sci-fi movie where Scarlett Johansson plays this alien, extraterrestrial being, whatever, and she essentially drives around um, Scotland in the UK and kind of seduces, uh, lures men into this big white van that she drives, and then she basically consumes them, sends them to another dimension where they're just gone, you know, consumed, eaten, whatever. Now, this sounds bonkers, but there is something about this movie that I think is particularly special. And this isn't the movie review show. I'm just, I'm being honest. I'm giving you something to play with, give you something to go out and check out. And this, you know, I think if you listen to some music or watch a movie and it moves you, that is a really powerful, important experience. And for me, Under the Skin did that. I've recommended it to some people and they've watched it and said, you're crazy, that movie was terrible. I thought it was stunning. I immediately got my wife at the time and said, we have to go and watch this movie again. You're going to watch this with me. Come and watch this. And she, she has thought the same thing as me. A beautiful ending. Everything about it is stunning. Go and watch that movie. I can't believe I didn't recommend it the first time round. Um, and so thank you for the guy who messaged in, emailed in and, and told and reminded me to remind you about it. But yeah, that was just linking back to the last episode. Now um, I want to kind of talk about some things which might help you with your magic. So right now we are in a period of isolation and I don't really think there has been a better time for us to practice what we do and work on our craft, right? Upskill, essentially. And, you know, we can... I mean, if you if you think of it this way, if you just put in 30 minutes of dedicated, structured practice a day in, just 30 minutes a day, that's three and a half hours a week, yeah? That's 14 hours a month of just on, on specific things. I think that, you know, and there's a difference between structured and unstructured practice, you know, just the... Just, lazily just kind of half playing with things as kind of a form of unstructured practice which has which has which has its place 
but sometimes having dedicated kind of goals is useful. And for that, you often have to think, you know, what what are my goals? Do I understand what I'm practicing? Why am I practicing it? And what are my metrics of success? What does success look like at the end of this? And can I have 30 minutes a day looking towards trying to achieve those goals? And then at the end of that week, maybe I reassess. I think really thinking deliberately about trying to practice something is a very, very good thing. And you know, there are lots of there's lots of stuff out there on practice that you could look at. And I think that, you know, imagine if someone came to you and said, how do I learn magic? What book should I read? Do you think, well, kind of read all of them because no book will give you all the answers. It's kind of the cumulative knowledge over time that contributes. And it's the same with looking at things like practice. But there are some things, a couple of little recommendations I could make for practice that I found were kind of interesting. Uh, one was a book called The First 20 Hours by Josh Kaufman, How to Learn Anything Fast. There were just some very interesting kind of high-level ways of thinking about that problem or thinking about the nature of practice, which is very good. Uh, and another book called Practice Perfect, and it's by three people. It's uh, kind of a combination of things. Uh, Doug Lemoff, Erica Wood, uh, Woolley, or Woolley, and Katie Yezzy. Um, so that's Practice Perfect and The First 20 Hours. They're very, very cool things. But to be honest, you can also just look online at, methods of practice practice methods you know what are ways that i can train i mean this is also an area where sports methodology can be very interesting you know a lot of sport is based on the idea of restriction and overload um so we restrict or overload part of our capacity and through that we force adaptation and development so you know, by a simple example, but let's imagine you were doing a pass and you did a pass with a slightly thicker deck. So you put two decks together and you do it faster and faster than you need. You're essentially overloading your capacity, your your, your abilities. And through that, it's going to force some sense of adaption. And sometimes you have to play with these things to work out what, what works for you. But in doing that, if you if you understand what your metrics of measurement are, what success looks like for you, after the end of a week, you can start going, yeah, I really am seeing some improvement here, as opposed to just practicing the move over and over again in the same way in front of a mirror and imagining that guy you saw do that pass in that way until it eventually maybe looks like that. It's not. It's a very unstructured way of going about trying to practice something. So I think that, yeah, look at some stuff online about practice itself. Maybe look at those books I recommended. Maybe look at sports, because sport is a very good model, I think, for how we can take methods to uh, develop physical movements and physical skills, whether it's a golf swing, whether it's a tennis serve, you know, whether it's, I don't know, a, a, a free throw in basketball or a judo throw. It doesn't matter. There are Or a punch in boxing. There, There are ways in which we can deal with the physical development of skill and magic is, is not all magic you know it's not just the technical execution of things but there are things that we can do um to improve ourselves and i think we can take a lot from practice methods that exist and looking at sport um and like i said in that you'll see some really really interesting stuff um uh, and i think that i mean for me what i tend to do a lot of the time is read quite generally anyway across the board so, you know, if you're generally trying to upskill what you do and you look at some of those books that I mentioned and maybe you put in 30 minutes a day, um, you know, of actual practice, you're doing 30 minutes a day of actual practice, you're doing some reading and you have some metrics in mind and you're trying to upskill, but also just in the same time, relax yourself and think, well, I can also at the same time just be looking around at other stuff and allow it to cross pollinate, you know, so ideas from other domains can kind of jump in. So let me give you some examples of that, what I mean. So I think that 
getting better at magic for me is not just about endlessly performing magic or endlessly practicing magic. I, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it. A lot of it is thinking. There's a creative side, an artistic side, the craft side, the experience side, the performance side. There are many elements, and all of those elements can teach you something about yourself, something about how you approach magic, who you are as a performer. So I think that I get a lot of stimulation and I get a lot of information from other domains. So, for example, if you were to look at architecture, okay, architecture is a really interesting thing to start looking at because you see how humans move in space. It teaches you, I think, a little bit about how human beings react psychologically to spaces. You can't just build a building and expect people to move through it how you want. In fact, design in general is like this. You know, what's interesting about design is that you have to consider the end user. You have It's being designed for a purpose, and you're hoping to affect someone in a certain way, and that's not too dissimilar from magic. And I think by looking at architecture, graphic design, design in general, you are seeing ways of interacting with objects and ways of, of designing and manipulating objects that can essentially have an impact a bias and influence and effect on human behavior and, and human interaction. And I think there's a lot to learn from those things. You might learn a small amount from reading a few architecture books, like you know, 2.2%. I don't know what that, is, what that scale is. But you may also learn, sorry, things are pinging. You may also learn, you know, another 6% from a design book or something on typography and learn about how the curves and the flow in this particular thing represent a more kind of uh, easy-to-read thing on the... You know, there's all kinds of stuff that starts filtering into your mind. I find that stuff fascinating. You know, I, I find it deeply, deeply interesting. Um, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of it. And, and when you start looking online now as well, there's there's a huge amount of stuff that you can consume, which can be great for your magic. Ideas on photography, about composition, the moment framing all of this stuff like i said architecture graphic there's all these design related things ways of interacting with objects in the world which can really impact your magic you know for me i think that it's not just about practicing a second deal over and over again there's there's lots of different ways you can do that and then and then there are other things you know there's things like movement you know the physical movement that you have now i obviously know that going out and practicing is, is a key but we can't do that so much right now so maybe we can read stuff and look at other stimulating materials so i think yeah movement i talk a lot about movement and movement's a very interesting one because how we move affects how people perceive what we're doing it means that they might see certain techniques or they might be suspicious and so we were trying to always move more naturally I don't think the answer lies in just endlessly practicing a move and just thinking about it yourself. There's also you can get stimulation from other disciplines. So, for example, dance. Dance is a very interesting thing. You, there are lots of uh, dance, uh, like uh, Twyla Tharp, Merce Cunningham, these people that have some very interesting, uh, Martha Graham, very, very interesting ideas about movement and weight in the body and improvisation and... All these different things that can be very interesting and influential on your understanding of movement and space. Um, puppetry. If you watch puppetry 
or, or people talk about puppetry or somehow find ways to look at that. You see people that how puppets have all these subconscious subtle movements, how they simulate breath in order to simulate a living, breathing puppet. You know, how the arms move, what, what the position of the puppet in space on the table. What are those little things which really bring that to life? That is something that has had to have been thought about and then manifested in this um, puppet. And that, and that takes skill and timing and thought. And that, I think, can teach you a lot, or at least it inspires me to think about movement and naturalness in new ways. And the other thing is also animation. If you look at animators, people that have to animate cartoon characters for, you know, whatever, whether it's as big as Disney Pixar or something else, they have to think very, very carefully about how to make the body move in a way that feels natural. You know, how you can always recognize when it's been poorly animated because... It just, characters don't move right. They either don't move right generally or they don't move right for themselves, for their body weights and sizes, depending on how they've been animated. Or maybe all the characters move in a similar way because that's the style of the animation, even though really they should have their own kind of individual movement. But but top quality animators are looking at those little ticks, those little pieces of subtlety, the ways in which the biomechanics and the subtle details of movement. So if you can maybe start looking at those subjects and maybe finding books on those things um, then they can really help you like i said whether it's movement itself um, or if it's design architecture graphic design all this oh, there's a great book by um what's that guy's name donald norman i think called the psychology of everyday things which is about all of the psychology that is involved in the design of objects and 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 not just objects but the things in space that we interact with daily, the things in our lives that we come into contact with. And that's a really, really interesting book. And then I suppose the other way is a kind of a higher level philosophical thing to start maybe looking in, into. There's a great book, fantastic book called Zen and the Art of Archery. And if you haven't heard about it, then I would suggest trying to check it out. Uh, written in the 40s, um, 1945, I think, 46, 48, something like that, and um, by German uh, philosopher, uh, Eugen Herigl, or Eugen Herigl. And it's essentially <laughs> about his him studying, and I could I will get this wrong, pronounce it Kyudo or Kyudo, and it's basically a form of Japanese archery. And it's kind of a part autobiographical from when he lived in Japan. And it's all to do with firing an arrow. Zen and the art of archery. It's all to do with you know, how you draw the bow back and release the arrow. But it's to do with mindsets, to do with tension. It's to do with mastering the moment and space and where your mind is. Is your mind in your fingertips as you release the arrow? Is your mind the point in space beyond where you're aiming for and is there is a a huge amount in that that is really really interesting uh and it, i i think personally think you know what well, i think i know it's massively helped me with thinking about the execution of moves and the ideas so sometimes getting better at a move or getting better at technique if we are talking just about technique is can or can come rather from other completely different areas. So Zen and the art of archery. Now I I don't want to wax start waxing lyrical about Zen, even though I'm a massive Zen fan. I just don't want to be one of those guys. But look, if you are interested in Zen, generally there are hundreds of great books to read. You know, it can change your life. But I like I said, I don't want to be the one of those guys that kind of waxes lyrical and talks endlessly about Zen. But if you are interested, 
you'll go out there and you'll find the way. So, but also on top of all of that stuff that I've just said, I think the point is to think, examine and question. So sit there and practice with some structured practice for 30 minutes a day. Sit there and think, what what are the correct ways to do this? What are my metrics of success? You know, put, put, the, put that time in. And at the same time, maybe start looking at some practice methods that exist with some of those books that I recommend, where maybe that might start helping elements of your practice. And then at the same time, maybe also start reading in these other areas. Design, architecture, zen. So things like flow. There's a great book on flow, which I think is all kind of all connected to what I'm saying. I can never, ever, I will not pronounce the the the, the guy's name right. Uh, I can, it, it, <laughs> I'm going to have a go. Anyway, let me just see if I grab the book. If I grab the book, I might, let me go over here. It's on my bookshelf for a second. Hang on. What? I didn't pronounce this right. There we go. I'm never going to get this right. Meheli Kazazinzen Mitahalayi. I don't know what I said. It also sounds slightly offensive. <laughs> do you know what? If I let me see if I can do it on Google. Let me let me see if I can get to pronounce the name. Um, let's do flow book. Pronounce name. There we go. Oh god, come on, Google. Be my friend. Pronounce name. Okay. How to pronounce here we go. This might be it. This is it. Mihai. Cheek sent Mihai. No, a little bit faster this time. There we go. Mihai Chiksen Mihai. Mihai Chiksen Mihai. There we go. Wow. That what that wasn't what I thought it was. Okay, here's what you're gonna do. Go out and check out flow. No, it's pr it's pretty it's kind of the 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 classic work on flow. Um and look at that name and tell me you wouldn't struggle pronouncing it pronouncing it. Um but it's basically about happiness to some extent, but also it's about where flow comes from in your everyday life. And I think elements of that can be connected to Zen, connected to um the kind of conscious um, and deliberate acquisition of skill, finding meaning and flow and happiness and development in the pursuit of excellence or mastery or whatever those things are. And I think that can be can be kind of really, really cool. But again, I don't want to kind of be one of those guys waxing lyrical about all that stuff. But yeah, so also just think, examine and question everything you do. Constantly do that. I think that's kind of the point. And I think if you can do that in this time period of isolation, that'd be amazing. Look at what you're doing, give yourself structured practice, look at these other domains and constantly question. Because to me, you know, tricks, magic tricks are just checkers, right? Magic itself. Magic is chess. The tricks are checkers, magic is chess. That's what it's like to me. I think that, you know, like martial arts, you know, you can learn all the techniques, you know, and not only the discipline, but eventually you can you can learn the need to not fight. In fact, the better you get, the less likely you need to fight. And I think it's kind of, there's kind of a similar thing in magic is that the deeper you go and the closer to naturalness and effortlessness and the more you progress, the closer you become, the more easier everything becomes. You know, the, the, the simpler it becomes. Um, you know, and I think that 
you, you learn all the moves to me and develop and progress in order to transcend them. And then the move and the absence of the move become the same thing, you know? Um, and then ultimately over time, you can just start assembling them into, into a performance. But that's, that's for another day. We can talk about that another day. But I think that, you know, there's something. Here's, a, here's an interesting way of thinking about it. I've said this before. I remember saying this a while ago, and I thought, oh, I should remember to say that again. Because it, 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 as I said, it, it, it made sense to me. I thought, actually, that's probably that's cl as close to, let me just say it. So I think that all the techniques, all the things that you learn in magic, the, the, the technical things, the moves, the passes, palms, steals, transfers, uh, the bigger movement highs, the smaller movement principles, whatever these things are, they are all handrails. They are things for us to hold on to. They are things that we learn, and when we first learn them, we first understand them, we grab very tightly on those handrails in order to walk up the stairs. Because we're quite weak, our bodies are quite weak, and these handrails are very, very useful for us. But ultimately, the goal, as we get stronger, the goal, right, is to walk unaided. That is the point, is to let go of those rails and walk unaided. And in order to do that, I think we constantly have to be thinking, questioning, examining, trying to kind of improve, and doing so with that sense of happiness and that sense of flow in, in everything. So yeah, that's really what I'm hoping this, this can be about today for you guys. Uh, this is uh, just a different way maybe to kind of think about how to use this this time to, to dedicate yourself and upskill aspects of what you're doing. And uh, right now, I mean, I'm having to recalibrate what I'm doing. I'm trying to do similar things myself, but also I'm trying to manifest all this other stuff into reality because it's tricky to work out what to do and I'm having to recalibrate everything I'm doing. Not just for my M-worders, not just for the Pigeon Army, but for, you know, Instagram and other email subs and people like that and family and there's all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I think that all of us are in a, a period of transition which is uncertain and in any period of uncertainty anything is possible right and we're currently in that stage you know which is scary and inspiring in equal measure very much but i think that from this from this process we we may as well move forward with positivity we may as well do things that are positive come together connect and try to do things which make sense and allow us to progress so i hope i hope that was kind of interesting for you i hope this has made sense and come and see if you haven't already come and see what we're doing over on instagram on studio 52 where each night we are talking to different people and connecting the community together around magic stay safe stay healthy stay positive you know go out connect with old friends do all, all that and uh once again my m worders we will talk soon This was a Studio 52 production. For more information, visit studio52magic.com or find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Studio 52 Magic. <laughs>